in the squadron. They called him Bullets, but we call him Greg Kelly. Greg Kelly is on the air on the Red Apple Podcast Network. Hi. I turned on cable news for eight seconds, and I said, I'm going to turn it off as soon as I hear the word unprecedented. And it took seven seconds. <laughs> seven seconds. Unprecedented. The di- okay, enough. It's not unprecedented anymore. All right. You're not shocking me. Uh, there's nothing that can shock me, I feel like. Um, the audacity, the criminality, the corruption of the Justice Department. Uh, I'm not shocked by that. And that's what's going on here. All right. Uh, you know what's unprecedented? <laughs> that Donald Trump got 74 million votes in November of 2020. And still lost the election. I don't believe that. I'm sorry. I just don't. Um, and uh, my official position is I have grave concerns about the fairness of that election. 74 million votes is more votes than any sitting president has ever received in American history. 74 million. And he's one of the very, very few reelected where the votes went up. He got more votes in 2020 than he did in 2016. Yet he still lost to career politician, basement dweller, Joe Biden. I have, um, no, I don't know about that, huh? But that's unprecedented. Those kinds of votes. You know what else is unprecedented? Donald Trump running for president as a non-politician, never held government office, never worked for the government, uh, first time out and wins the presidency. This is so infuriated them. And if you go through that indictment, you'll see it's personal. Oh, it gets nasty. They quote Donald Trump talking about Hillary in 2016. You see, he's a hypocrite. He was, mm, it's so uh, personal. It's it's like I said yesterday. It's like from The Godfather. They got to kill Pop. It's key for Salazzo. It's key. This is key. They got to take Trump out. It's key. They don't care how. It must be done. And that 49-page indictment. I hope you saw my Newsmax show last night. It actually got a lot of attention because, um, look, I'm quite, I'm up front. I'm not a lawyer. I've never tried a case. Um, this is like probably the third indictment I've ever read in my life. All right. Third. I don't sit around reading indictments all day and neither do you. And it's 49 pages. I mean, who, who, who wants to read even one indictment? But I heard something from Jack Smith, the prosecutor, and I'm like, you know what? Maybe, maybe I should. What did he say here? He said, uh, this is the, this is that crazy guy who wears the purple smock, uh, prosecutor Jack Smith going after Trump. Cut 28. This indictment was voted by a grand jury of citizens in the Southern District of Florida. And I invite everyone to read it in full, to understand the scope and the gravity of the crimes charged. I did. And I, I laughed out loud. I, I read that whole damn thing. And I'm not a lawyer, so I just said, you know, I'll use my common sense. I went to college. Um, I'll use my analytical skills. Yeah, I'm not, uh, I didn't go to Harvard Law, but I think I could take a, a whack at this thing. And so can you. Did you hear who indicted those people? Who who brought the indictment? Just ordinary people. Grand jurors are ordinary people. They don't go to law school. In fact, I think it's required that they not go to law school. They want regular run-of-the-mill people. And they're presenting this to regular run-of-the-mill people. And they think they can fool regular run-of-the-mill people. That's also key here. They think they can fool us. Well, they can't fool me. And they won't fool you, but that's what the, and you know what? It's not a, it's not a dumb strategy. It's an evil strategy, but it's not dumb. By the way, I'm looking at the TV now. I turned it off, but I do have the TV on with the sound down. And they got a lot of people in front of the Miami federal courthouse. And I saw some 
Yeah, we've got a caravan forming up right outside of Mar-a-Lago. Is that Mar-a-Lago? No, that's Miami. That's Miami. That's uh, the Doral Resort where Trump stayed last night. It's kind of cool. He's got all these different places where he can stay. You know what I mean? I think he'll stay in Miami. I think he'll stay in Virginia. Anyway, he's staying in Miami. And uh, they're about to move out. He's doing court at 3 o'clock for the, what do they call this? The arraignment. The arraignment. But um, they think they can fool us. And it's not a dumb strategy in that most people are not going to sit around reading the indictment. Most people have things to do. Uh, most people are going to, you know, they'll glance at the TV occasionally and they'll see 75 legal analysts saying that this is the worst thing that ever happened. It's a really bad case and it's a really, you know, strong case against Trump and he's toast and they're going to believe it. And that's the atmosphere that will be created by the fake news, by the corrupt media, by the corrupt Justice Department. But that is the atmosphere out there. That is the world, oh, by the way. The world has fallen. The world is corrupt. It's in the Bible, oh, by the way. If you're if you're looking for solace, if you're looking for of righteousness in the world? No, it's 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 not here. The world has fallen. The world is broken. I'm, I'm done being appalled by it all because th- that's the way it is. And the only hope we have is through God. And I know that God sees everything, and He sees that this is corrupt, and He knows how to fix it, and He will in His time. But He will. Um. So I did read the indictment. I mean, that doesn't mean you just throw up your hands and do nothing. And I know most of us, yeah, again, we got, what, most people are not in the media. So they, they have their job, eight hours, nine hours a day. Uh, what else? Uh, you got family. You got dentists. You got uh, car stuff. You got, for some of us, we got TV shows to watch, right? Succession, Breaking Bad, all ten seasons of The Sopranos, whatever. Stop doing that crap. There's too much important stuff to be done. The NBA Finals. I'm going to watch the NBA Finals. I'm going to watch those criminals run up and down the court. No, I'm not going to do that anymore. It's a waste of time. Same goes for football. Same goes for baseball, especially football. Now, when are we going to start talking about, in a real way, about the criminality in these leagues? Behind the scenes and on the field, on the court. What they do, what they tolerate what they condone, and how they have so warped our society, putting Black Lives Matter on the field, glorifying gangbangers and hood violence uh, during the halftime show with Snoop Dogg and Dre, all that stuff. You want to watch that? Uh, good, I guess. Knock yourself out. Actually, I don't think it's good. Please, follow my advice. Do something else. Get involved. Become an active citizen. Speak out. And read. Read something. Most of all, I mean, all right, now I'm sounding like a bit of a Bible thumper, but I mean, maybe I have, what do I, what do they call it? The, uh, the, the fervor of the newly converted. Is that annoying? Well, whatever. All right. So I read this uh, indictment and I'm going through it and, um, a couple of things just jump out at me. I'm like, wait a second. This indictment came out on Thursday, I, all weekend long, and I'm still reading it yesterday morning. And I'm like, nobody has talked about this. Why is this not a thing? Why is this? Wait, really? Did it fall to me? Well, I guess so. And everybody's jumping up and down because last night, you know, you saw the pictures. You saw the boxes, right? 80 boxes here, 50 boxes there. Uh, this box toppled over. All these boxes, like this somehow, and they want you to think, oh, can you believe it? All these boxes, these boxes, these boxes. Number one, he moved. He lived in a house for four years, and then he moved somewhere else. Guess what you have when you move? Boxes. 
boxes and boxes and boxes. I moved a year and a half ago. We still got boxes all over the place. We still don't feel like we're totally moved in. But the thing here is, oh, but there's con- uh, there's uh, uh, classified documents in all those boxes. There must be classified documents. Classified, yeah. Oh, wow, how can you put classified documents near in the bath? How can you do such a thing? Well, there are hundreds of boxes that they included in the indictment. They actually put pictures to shock us, to make us think, oh, gosh, shake our heads. How could he? How could the nerve, the recklessness, the how could he? Remember? Remember how... uh what was it? Joe Biden was like, can you believe that somebody would do that? Oh my God. Anyway, uh, you go into the fine print of the indictment and there were 102 classified documents, 102 classified documents, just 102 that the FBI confiscated on August 8th of 2022. That horrendous evil raid of Mar-a-Lago. How dare they? I have. <laughs> Yeah, and actually, I'm going to underline this, all right? You can repeat it. You can tweet it, whatever. Greg Kelly says, defund the FBI. That's it. You guys are over. You guys have lost it. You're no good. I don't trust you. If an FBI agent comes here to talk to me, unless it's about an active terrorism case, uh, you know, you need information from me to save lives, great, I'll talk. You want to talk about some white-collar BS? Go pound sand. I'll take your name and number. And I'll call my lawyer and, uh, no, nuh-uh. And you can blame your colleagues. You can blame, uh, you can blame Comey. You can blame McCabe. You can blame Strzok. You can go find Lisa Page. You guys destroyed it. No, by the way, you were never so hot to begin with. Uh, that's another story. I'll go into it later. So 102 documents. And you know how many boxes you need for 102 boxes? You don't even need one. You need a manila folder. You need one manila folder. You don't need a box. I did it last night. I put 500 pieces of paper in one box. You know how much 500 pieces? Uh, That's about an inch. It's about an inch and a half of, of paper. A ream of paper, you know, you buy from Staples that is 500, 500 sheets. So you need a manila folder. So they're lying to us right there. They're trying to uh, give us these. Oh, they're trying to spook us. They're trying. These are alarmist photographs and they want to taint. The American people, i.e., the jury pool, could they do such a thing? Isn't that, aren't they? They're not supposed to do that, right? But they want to do that. And they will. They will. Uh, let's see. What else about that thing? The lawyers, for God's sake, the lawyers, they got a lawyer to give evidence to the prosecutors. The lawyer said, Donald Trump told me this. Donald Trump's own lawyer, attorney number one, is relaying all this information about what Trump told him. What Trump told him, he's telling the the prosecutors. What in the hell is that all about? I, I, this is America. Have you ever seen that? I've seen it on television, and it's true, oh, by the way. Uh, you know, you ever you want to tell something to a lawyer, the lawyer might say, give me a dollar. Okay, good. Now I'm your lawyer. Now nobody can find out what I'm telling you or what you're telling me. Attorney-client privilege, it's a big deal. A right to an attorney, that's a big deal. You know, when they read you the Miranda rights, your rights, those are your rights, our rights, constitutional rights, except when it comes to Trump. Because what do they do with his lawyers? They, well, they <laughs> somehow there's no attorney-client privilege. Michael Cohen goes on national television, tells him stuff that Trump told him. Uh, the Trump attorney number one spills the beans to uh, some uh, prosecutor, FBI agents, telling him all this stuff. Whatever happened to attorney-client privilege? Brian Kohlberger, you know who he is, the 
the guy in Idaho who allegedly went into that sorority house a few months ago and killed everybody with an axe? He is a lawyer. I see the investigators haven't cornered her and said, tell us everything he told you. I mean, if you're going to do it to Trump, maybe you should do it to him. I I just don't, I mean, why why have attorney-client privilege? Why don't we, is that what the Justice Department wants? Just go to the lawyers and find out what they said and then charge them over, <laughs> charge them on that? It's crazy. I mean, uh, Charlie Manson had a lawyer. We didn't find out anything from the lawyer. <laughs> we, I, the, that Tim Murdoff guy in South Carolina with the dogs and the chicken and the boat and all that stuff, he had a lawyer. You could confer with the lawyer. Nobody knows what, no, that's not how it works. The attorney client privilege was blown wide open here. And you know what's really crazy? Here we go again, going down another rabbit hole, right? And you got to do a little bit of this, but I'm getting really sick of it. They do one outrageous thing, and they have a field day. Conservative media complains about it, but we go right down that rabbit hole with them because we have to for a little bit. And then they do another outrageous thing, and and it, it, it repeats itself. They're shameless, there's nobody really strong enough to shame them. I'm Greg Kelly, wait, wagging my finger, shame on you. They don't care. They don't give a damn. They just, and, and, and quite frankly, you know, you guys, we don't have the, we have good people, but there are a lot of good people, and there's so many good people that nobody stands out as much as before. They used to have these major league columnists, people like William Sapphire, James Reston, um, uh, who else was uh, really good back then? Uh, James, uh, what was his name? James Anderson, David Seifman, Murray Kempton. These guys, generally speaking, were slightly liberal, but they were mature. And you had to play by the rules. And if you didn't play by the rules, they could see it and they would call it out. And you could not get stuff by them. A.M. Rosenthal, another guy from the New York Times. This is before they flipped. The, we don't have anybody like that anymore. And for people who do have stature, well, Half the country refuses to agree with us or refuses to even give us the benefit of the doubt. So here we go again. He's going to not only survive, but thrive. I don't know exactly how, but I do know this. It will be glorious. I'll be right back. Greg Kelly Kelly. on the Red Apple Podcast Network. Hey, did you hear the police commissioner, Keechan Sewell, resigned yesterday? Sounds like she quit in a bit of a huff. Uh, I don't blame her. Terrible boss, Ewick Adams. Um, I've heard from a lot of cops that she is a very good person and a good cop. Um, I do believe that the assignment was very much about identity politics. I'm sorry, but I think she may have been ready for that job in 10 years, but not when she's 49 years old. I think she got it when she was 49 years old and had never run a police department before. I think being a black woman had a big part of why she got the job. I think that's unfair to her. I think she could have done a much better job when she was would ready for the job, and she would have been ready for the job in maybe five or 10 years. Let her run Nassau County first. She was number three, number four. She ran the detectives bureau or something like that, 50 people. Unfair to her. Um, but I heard a lot of good things. I mean, cop, I, I have some pretty decent connections in the NYPD. And, uh, you know, a lot of folks say, you're wrong about her, Greg. She's really the, you know, she's the real deal and all that stuff. So, uh, 
That says something. That says something. And uh, if she's on the outs with Eric Adams, <laughs> that, that says a lot more to me. Hey, I'm looking at Doral. Oh, my gosh. There is this motorcade. There look like f- there there must be a thousand motorcycles leaving the Trump club <laughs> escorting Trump. You know what? Let me tell you something. This is more than security for President Trump. This is a tribute to President Trump. This is special. Now, President Trump is no longer president of the United States, right? He's an ex-president, and this is a big deal event. you got to have a lot of security. But I just saw so many motorcycles. You know how cops feel about Trump. This is more, this is more than security. This is a tribute, and I love it. It's beautiful. It's pretty damn cool. It's pretty damn cool. You know, uh, you know, it's, there's something to be said for arriving at your problems at style. Everybody's got problems, but why not arrive in style? You know what I mean? Somebody once said, well, you know, rich people and all that money, you know, it just brings on more problems. Yeah, but you can arrive in style. Here comes, okay, uh, let me count the police cars. I just counted, no kidding, it was about a, realistically, it was about, a, about 90 motorcycles. Here comes a police car. This is like the 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 lead element. All right, where are the rest of them? Now I'm getting giddy. I, d- I told you I didn't want to do this because there are much more important things going on, like evidence that Joe Biden took a bribe from Ukraine. This is a big deal. And Chuck Grassley went to the floor of the United States Senate to outline it. There are audio tapes, reportedly, that have Joe Biden and Hunter Biden uh, on tape accepting bribes. I'd say that's a pretty big deal. But the whole media world is focused on on what's going on in Florida right now. Chuck Grassley went to the floor of the United States Senate and says that there are audio tapes of the President of the United States accepting bribes. I think that's uh, a little bit more important than uh, a couple of pieces of paper. We'll be right back with that. Greg Kelly on the Red Apple Podcast Network. All right. Uh, every cable channel in the universe, and I might as well, I'm going to talk about it for a moment. Donald Trump is on the move from uh, the Doral Club to the courthouse in Miami. And I got to tell you, this is totally kick-ass, all right? It's like he's still president of the United States. This motorcade is about uh, uh, 500 vehicles long. It's just uh, they've stopped all the traffic. You got to arrive at your problems in style. I don't know. Sometimes I... These politicians, they love attention. That's what they crave. So many of them went in it for that. They just wanted to be famous. They just wanted to be well-known. And this is the ultimate. <laughs> this is the ultimate in fame right now. Okay, here we go again. On on a certain level, a lot of them, Democrats, are jealous, supremely jealous of President Trump right now. Uh, as he goes... I just saw this ridiculous document, uh, not a document, a graphic on MSNBC, a summary of the secrets President Trump uh, divulged and nuclear secrets and troop levels and all this stuff. And I'm like, oh, goodness gracious, get over yourselves. Get over yourselves. You have you have no sense that this is done. You realize they share uh, secret documents with people all the time, all the time. It's done. By presidents, by President Obama, by President Clinton, by President George W. Bush, actually. This is, um, they do it, and they do it right in the front of, uh, well, everywhere. Let's see here. Listen to this. This is the New York Times in 2006. Ready? 
that President Bush authorized an aide to disclose classified intelligence on Iraqi weapons, as asserted in court papers, comes as no shock to official Washington. The leaking of secrets has long been a favored tool of policy debate, political combat, and diplomatic one-upsmanship. We've had this kind of thing since the administration of George Washington, said Rick Shankman, a presidential historian at George Mason University. You hear that? No shock to Washington because it's done all the time. A favored tool of policy debate, political combat, and diplomatic one-upsmanship. The leaking of classified intelligence. It happens all the time. Now, it's one thing if you give it to the Chinese or to the Russians or the Iranians, right? You don't do that. That would be a crime. That would be espionage. What? How many books would Bob Woodward have written if he did not get classified information? That's his whole thing. He gets classified information, and then he writes books. And they're bestsellers, and everybody loves Bob Woodward, except me. He's a slime. How is that? There's a hypocrisy. It's unbelievable. All right, now he's on I-95, great big, great big caravan. You know who should be in a caravan on his way to jail? Joe Biden. How about this? Uh, Senator Chuck Grassley. No, he, this is no slouch. Chuck Grassley, been around for a long time. He's the chair of, no, he's, I guess he's the ranking member of the Judiciary Committee in the United States Senate. And, um, what about this evidence on Joe Biden and Hunter? Cut 26, please. Cut 26. Allegedly bribed Joe and Hunter Biden allegedly has audio recordings of his conversation with them. 17 such recordings. According to the 1023, the foreign national possesses 15 audio recordings of phone calls between him and Hunter Biden. According to the 1023, the foreign national possesses two audio recordings of phone calls between him and then Vice President Joe Biden. These recordings were allegedly kept as a sort of insurance policy for the foreign national in case that he got into a tight spot. The 1023 also indicates that then Vice President Joe Biden may have been involved in Burrusma employing Hunter Biden. How about that? I think that's pretty interesting. I think it's actually damn, that's that's news. Yet everyone, this is when they chose to indict uh, President Trump. This moment, this moment, when that 1023 actually reaches Congress, that's when they choose to indict Trump. uh, I think they're trying to desperately change the subject. This is a desperate move. A desperate move by the administration, by Joe Biden. And yeah, Joe Biden had a hand in all of this. This is not, this is not the DOJ doing its own thing. They actually had to go and get permission for some of this stuff directly from Joe Biden, directly from Joe Biden. All right. So, uh, let's see. Still on the move. How far is it from the Doral to the courthouse? I don't know. <laughs> I'm not that familiar with Miami. Uh, I know that it's a hell of a lot closer than Palm Beach. Palm Beach is like an hour and 10 minutes uh, up the road. Hey, uh, back to Key Chan Sewell for a second, the police commissioner who is uh, resigning. That means we'll soon have another police commissioner. That will be the fifth police commissioner this city has had in nine years. So that's, on average, less than a two-year tenure per police commissioner. Isn't that interesting? Wow, that's a lot of turnover. Uh, 
just saying that Ray Kelly, <laughs> longest serving police commissioner ever, 12 years. Plus, you can add on two more uh, under David Dinkins. So that's 14 years. Five in nine years? That's a hell of a lot of turnover. That suggests that Democrats don't know what the hell they're doing. You can't have that kind of turnover. That kind of turnover suggests a out-of-control, poorly managed administration. And that's what it is. And I think that's why Keechan Sewell, one of the reasons why she is leaving, because, Ewick, you know, it's all a party. It's all, you know, his little whims and getting his buddies promoted and this, that, and the other thing, and wheeling and dealing and... uh uh, law enforcement, professionalism, serving the community. Yeah, we'll get to that uh, after the party. We'll get to that later. Um, it's really unfortunate. We know how to do it. Uh, books have been written on it. It's It's been done. We had a state-of-the-art police department, state-of-the-art city. You know, this started really with uh, de Blasio. In early 2013, that was the election year. 2013 was an election year in New York. And in January of 2013, Ray Kelly's personal popularity after 11 years leading the largest police department in the country was at 75%. 75% of New Yorkers knew and loved the police commissioner and the NYPD, whose approval rating was at 70%, all right? And what did de Blasio do? He ran on a campaign that said the NYPD has gone too far and must be stopped. Well, 75% of the people disagree with that doesn't matter. He's running in a Democrat primary where turnout is low. They want it low. So you just got to appeal to a certain number of nutbags and that and then you're in. It only took, I think, 84,000 votes in a city of eight million. We're down to just a couple of thousand people. And you can get a couple of thousand people to believe all kinds of weird stuff. When is primary day? When is primary day? The last day of school in June. <laughs> just uh, they don't want people voting. That's undemocratic that's that's anti-democrat now i'm looking at the um now i'm looking at the motorcade going south on what appears to me south on i-95 and the northbound traffic is actually open to traffic i actually don't think that's a good idea hey if you're going to have 500 cops in this motorcade then stop the traffic on the other side i think that's actually pretty dangerous you know now these days you don't have to be home to watch television you can walk around with your phone. I have something called Sling, S-L-I-N-G, and I can watch cable TV on my phone wherever I am. Usually some crazy person is going to get on the other side. I mean, look, they've tried to portray Trump as a uh, enemy of the state. And, oh, by the way, he is <laughs> it's the opposite. It's just, now listen to this. This is the fake news going bananas about, uh, oh, Donald Trump showed this to, uh, uh, there's a tape of him showing material to, uh, people who don't have clearances. Cut 29, please. Cut 29. The single most important piece of evidence in this case is that audio tape. The most damning piece of evidence to me is the audio tape. I think the most damning piece of evidence in the entire case, and I think brings it from a strong case to a very strong case, is the audio tape. They all say the same exact thing. Like they have talking points. They're all on, they're all on message, huh? Well, I looked up the audio tape, and there is no audio tape so far. There's just a summary of a conversation, and it's Donald Trump alluding to a secret document. Might be secret. We haven't seen it. you got to have context here. So two years ago, there was all a rage because Mark Mutiny Millie was telling everybody, Donald Trump wanted me to invade Iran. Donald Trump wanted me to invade Iran. Donald Trump wanted me to invade Iran. And I stood up to him, and I said, no. Of course, Mark Mutinous Millie 
That's not how it happened. That's not a true story. He is a total and complete liar, that guy. Uh, it's unbelievable. Uh, you know, the crap rises to the top these days in the military. So Donald Trump actually had evidence that said, no, the military, this is a military plan they came to me with. So that makes news. It's okay if it makes news against me, but if I try to correct the record somehow, that's a problem. He didn't share this information, even according to the indictment, with a Chinese Communist Party member or some Russian operative. So author of a book. The author of a book. How many classified documents has Bob Woodward been shown? Let's look at his books. He's written 17 about uh, the Bush administration, the Trump administration, the Obama administration, and the Clinton administration. And that's his stock and trade, classified material. And he gets the stuff, and they show him, and they let him go to top-secret meetings. Bob Woodruff, or Woodward, whatever the hell, is a private citizen. He was... He does not have secret clearance. He does not have any kind of clearance. He's just a guy, and they give him all this stuff. But he's a swamp guy, and he basically takes care of whatever it is. They have lost it. Call it Trump derangement syndrome or whatever. That's not damning. It's not damning that Trump alluded to this stuff to a reporter and to a political ally. It's not. It's not. That's how it's done. You want to hear how it's done in Washington, D.C. again? New York Times, April 6, 2006. Headline, for president, first a leak, now a jam. Washington, that President Bush authorized an aide to disclose classified intelligence on Iraqi weapons comes as no shock to official Washington. The leaking of secrets has long been a favored tool of policy debate, political combat, and diplomatic one-upsmanship. We've had this kind of thing since the administration of George Washington. (laughs) Right? And oh, by the way, there are people out there who say that there should be these kinds of leaks. Without the use of secrets, this is in the article, a guy named Mr. Frankel argued there could be no adequate diplomatic, military, and political reporting of the kind our people take for granted. Journalism! Journalism! So if um, Biden shows some jerk at the New York Times something secret, that's journalism. Or George W., that's journalism. But for Donald Trump, it's espionage. It is so stupid. But here's the thing. They really don't respect us. They think they can get this by us. And one of the keys is, yes, classified material, because... There's most likely, if I'm talking to you right now, you're listening to this show, you have not seen classified material in your life. I've only seen it. I was in the military for nine years. I saw some, not a lot, but I saw some. Most of it, oh, by the way, was worthless. It was no big deal. They Sometimes they classified the weather report. Okay, it's just not that big a deal. Actually, one time, did I tell you I destroyed classified documents? I did. I, I destroyed hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of pages of classified documents. How about that, huh? Now I did it legally. <laughs> I did it legally. I did it. I said we had this locker full of this crap and that nobody was reading. I'm like, this is this is ungainly. This is unmanageable. We should get rid of at least half of it. So I filled out the forms and I got rid of half of it. I got rid of half of it. I, you go to a special burner and you burn the damn stuff. Who needs it all over the place? 
And you know what? Who, you know who uh, understands this? Well, anybody who's worked in government. And uh, where's that? Where's Barack Obama on this stuff? Yeah, listen to Barack Obama because there's classified stuff, and then there's classified stuff. Cut thirty. Here's what I know: Hillary Clinton was an outstanding Secretary of State. She would never intentionally put uh, America in any kind of jeopardy. And what I also know, because I handle a lot of classified information, uh, is that there are there's classified and then there's classified. There's stuff that is really top secret, top secret, and there's stuff that is being presented to the president or the secretary of state that you might not want uh, on the transom uh, or you know, going out over the wire, but is basically stuff that you could get in open source. But- Stuff that you can get in open source. For instance, uh, the war plans regarding uh, Iran, you could get in a book. (laughs) You could get from Mark Milley because that guy was blabbing to everybody. 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 Um, And I got to get that, actually. There was a lot of clamor that that Trump wanted to invade Iran. By the way, you know what would be a scandal? Is if we didn't have a plan to invade Iran. (laughs) Donald Trump revealed that there was a plan to evade Iran. Uh, hello. I think there probably shouldn't there be one, right? Somewhere. I mean, like Iran is an enemy of ours. I would imagine we have, we have this Pentagon. We don't have any wars going on right now. They do a lot of planning, right? That's what they're supposed to do. Tell me we don't have a plan for war with North Korea. Then we got a problem. Tell me we don't have a plan for war with Iran. Then we got a problem. Give me a moment, please. He is not yet at the courthouse. He's still on the highway. Greg Kelly, Greg Kelly on the Red Apple Podcast Network. And I'm watching uh, the cable news channels. It looks like President Trump just arrived at the courthouse. Um, all the cameras were trained on one SUV. And then the door opens up and out comes a guy <laughs> with a machine gun and a helmet and a bulletproof vest and sunglasses. and Some sort of like warlord. The, the security is out of control. And I do mean kind of out of control. I mean, what they're trying to do is look at the look at the security we have to we have to um, have in place because those MAGA people may come and protest, and then it could be January six all over again. All right, that's uh, one of the many many horrible legacies of January sixth. Remember, they left open the doors, they killed Ashley Babbitt, and they um, it was a false flag operation. All right, they they basically did what they're accusing us of doing. They're the ones who tried to overthrow democracy that day by stopping the electoral uh, objections, which is totally constitutional. How do they stop it? By letting people inside and inciting a riot. Yeah, I do believe that. I saw a bunch of people standing around and a flash grenade thrown in there. <laughs> what? Why would you do that? I. What about de-escalation? What about de- uh, Isn't that the catch word right now? The ca- de-escalation. Remember Big Harry Dunn? He goes into a, a mob of, uh, of of Trump supporters, he says. And he says, hey, everybody, I voted for Biden. <laughs> Is that de-escalation? I don't think so. But because of January 6th, now people feel really weird about protesting, as is the constitutional uh, guarantee of every citizen. If you want to protest something, you can. You can gather. You can peaceably assemble. But now, I mean, I, I hear people on conservative media all the time saying, oh, we don't want to turn out and uh, protest. That's not the right thing to do. We should all just uh, 
you know, we should just vote next November and uh, just, uh, you know, just no, no, I mean, in my opinion, you got you can exercise your your constitutional rights as a citizen. I don't want anybody breaking the law. I don't want violence. I don't want anything uh, that could get anybody hurt. But when you start saying you should not exercise your constitutional rights, that's a real that's a really bad thing to say. I believe. Anyway, is he inside yet? It's hard to tell. Now there's a mishmash. There aren't that many protesters there, by the way. Um, maybe they need a lot of security when they're doing something. It's almost, you know what? It almost looks like a, I don't know. Look, I think what they're doing is illegal. I think this indictment is illegal. I think one day it'll be shown to be illegal. Fair? I really, it's a bad feeling for America, but... Hey, we have a president of the United States right now, Joe Biden, and it looks like he is a totally corrupt politician. And people have known that for a very, very, very long time about Joe. And that's why they want him in that job. That's why they put him there. That's why he's ensconced there. They gave that to him. You think Joe got that job on his own talent, grit, ability? No. He got there despite not having any of that stuff. He was installed there. They chose him for just this purpose, a front man, and they have the goods on him. So if he ever gets out of line, they could pull the trigger. He could be gone like that. Oh, boy, yes. They got the stuff on his son. You can get people. You start going after family members, and I'm not Joe's as guilty as Hunter, in my opinion. Um, But you can get the top guy to do just about anything. I got to go in a minute. Becky, what do you want to say? Uh, Greg, hi. Thanks for taking my call. I'm pacing back and forth in the hallway here. I just watched uh, the two guys uh, armed with the automatic weapons get out of the motorcade. Wasn't that weird? I had the, yeah, but I had this terrible thought flash through my head, which is if they manage to somehow eliminate Trump, I don't want to use the A word, if they can, he can go down as... You know, like, kind of like he didn't have a chance to get convicted or prove his innocence. That he'll go down as, you know, the court. No, I'm not saying they're going to do it today, but. I, I know. I, look, I fear for his safety as well. Don't worry. History will vindicate Donald Trump and all of us, and it could happen faster than you think. Do not despair, Becky. All right. I'm counting on you. Greg Kelly on the Red Apple Podcast Network. Mm. All right. So what else? So what else? <laughs> uh, now the uh, rhinos out there. At first they were kind of supportive of uh, Donald Trump. Now they're, oh, uh, this is very, very disturbing. Oh, Mike Pence even. Mike Pence, the holy roller, Mike Pence. Why do I call him a holy roller? Well, when he talks about faith, it's very selfish. It's There's something very, it's very boastful. Look, I love everybody. I even like Mike Pence. I even love, deep down, I love uh, Joe Biden. I love every human being, every human being, the criminals, the uh, the saints, everybody. I don't have to like you, but I do love you, and everybody's here for a reason. And, um, and God can make anything happen, all right? Lemons out of lemonade, okay, <laughs> to, to say the least. Um, but these guys, they're, they're guilty of all this stuff. Or they know that it's not a crime, and now they're piling on. Now they're piling on, and it really actually shows me the power of the deep state, the power of the media, mainstream and so-called conservative media. 
It's why, frankly, uh, Wall Street Journal and Fox News have sucked at all of this stuff. They've sucked, especially Fox, um, that this is happening. And I'm going to do it again. And actually, skip that. I will play you proof of corruption, which I I believe is proof of corruption, Joe Biden's corruption. Joe Biden on the phone with the president of Ukraine, Poroshenko. One of the problems for this Ukraine story is that the damn Ukrainian names and people get confused. They don't know the difference between Poroshenko and Shokin and all this stuff. It gets one confusing blob. And oh, by the way, wouldn't it be great if we had one beautiful website where you could go for all this stuff? Like you can go for the New York Times or anything anti-Trump. Anything. It's all there. Interactive video features, all of it, in beautiful form, very accessible. But if I want a um, an interactive video experience with the Durham report, uh, good luck with that one, although you can look at my material. I've done a pretty good job, but I'm just one guy. The New York Post, the Wall Street Journal, together, they did less than 10 stories on the Durham report, which had smoking gun proof of corruption at the highest levels of the FBI, and nobody was charged. You have to charge people. You have to for that kind of stuff, for what they did. We're going to stop it. We, Lisa Page, you, my girl, I'm Peter Strzok. Lisa Page, you're my girlfriend. Uh, we're having an extramarital affair, and you and me together, we're going to stop the will of 70 million people. We're going to stop it because we're corrupt bureaucrats who are getting it on in your car, my car, your house, my house, some hotel, right? Because we're better than everybody else, and we play by our own rules. Huh? No. No, 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 sir. However, Peter Strzok and Lisa Page get to go on television because they've never been punished. They have never been punished. They've been embarrassed. Oh, yeah, you ever hear Trump talk about them when they get together? Oh, Lisa, it's very funny. But somebody's got to do it. Somebody's got to shame these people. We have no more shame. Shameless. Everything's shame. No, no one has any, no, no sense of shame whatsoever. Um, so here's that phone call with Poroshenko. Notice that it's being recorded by Poroshenko. Vice President of the United States, Joe Biden, calls Poroshenko, calls the president of some other country, and Joe is insisting that some prosecutor, some local prosecutor get fired. Has that ever happened before? No. But here it is, 27. This is why Joe Biden, I believe, got $5 million from some shady Ukrainian businessman, cut 27. Yesterday, I met meet with the general prosecutor, Shoto. Yes. And despite of the fact that we didn't have any corruption charges, we don't have any information about the, he doing something wrong, I especially asked him, no, it was the day before yesterday, I especially ask him to resign. Great. And this is my second step for keeping my promises. I agree. Wow. That's Poroshenko. You can tell it's recorded by Poroshenko because you can hear his voice. The recorder's in a room. The president of Ukraine is recording that. Did you notice what he said? He said, even though there is no evidence of him having done anything wrong, I am firing him as a favor to you. Poroshenko's putting that on the record. And by the way, Poroshenko actually wants to have, well, he wants to own Joe Biden. And now he does. Is that, is, is, that would explain why the hell we are in so deep with Ukraine. 
I don't like war. I want that war to stop. No one's talking about peace. No one's talking about peace stable. No one's talking about a settlement. No one's, no one's talking about that. Somehow that's like, you can't do that. Why not? And I'm sorry, but just to remind everybody, Ukraine is not NATO. It's not a member of NATO. Maybe it should have been. Maybe it shouldn't be. I don't know. But it's not right now. And we're acting like it is. We're kind of like, and all this money and time and resources. How about peace? What's wrong with peace? So after this nonsense is done, and here's another reason why Fox is terrible. I tell you what, that Brett Bear, <laughs> he has never said anything interesting in his life. He does one thing very, very well. I will say this. Probably one of the best debate moderators in history. He is excellent at those debates. And I don't know what it is. He just finds his whatever. That's what he was born to do, moderate debates. Unfortunately, they don't come around all that often. Uh, but when he's on that uh when they bring him in as the senior political anchor, he's just saying the most generic, conventional wisdom stuff that you've heard three days ago. Well, this could present some real political challenges to President Trump. However, the document, the indictment is quite severe and really seems to put him at substantial risk. You think? I, I, I Okay, I got that, uh, you know, 36 hours ago from MSNBC, but okay, thanks, Brett. Um. I'm going to put that aside for now. You saw my Newsmax show last night, oh, by the way, did you, about how uh, uh, Ted Kaczynski, oh, man, Ted Kaczynski, the Unabomber who was found dead this weekend at the age of 81, all kinds of things I did not know about Ted Kaczynski. Number one, uh, he wanted a sex change operation back in the 60s. There's a documentary on Netflix called Unabomber in his own words. And uh, anybody who thinks this transgender stuff is not mental illness, you're wrong, number one. By definition, you're wrong. It is, it's a manifestation of mental illness. And, uh, well, <laughs> the Unabomber is a case in point. Cut 20, please. Cut 20. Ted fantasized about being a woman because I think he couldn't have relationships with women. He'd never had an experience with a woman. So for whatever reason, he wanted a sex change. So he made an appointment to go see the University of Michigan psychologist at the health service, and uh, he went to see them, and at the last minute decided he didn't want to talk about having a sex change. He decided he couldn't go through with it. He couldn't talk about his erotomatic fetishes. He couldn't talk about his desire for a sex change. He described feeling extreme violent anger towards the psychiatrist. Now, I um, I had one person say, well, maybe if you got the sex change operation, everything would have been fine. Um, I don't think so, actually. Uh, I, I, I know that's not the case. Number one, he had all kinds of other problems by this point. I mean, he had a lot of problems. This is one of many, many problems. But I never heard that about Ted Kaczynski. I did hear that he got into Harvard at the age of 16, full scholarship. Uh, he was unbelievably smart. He gets to the University of Michigan for his gra- the graduate program there in math. Can you imagine majoring in math? I mean, what the hell do you do all day long? I mean, I can't, I can't even imagine what that life is like. Meet a mathematics professor researching math. I don't know. I mean, that's all to you. I'm impressed. I could never do it. I mean, I don't have the ability nor the interest, though, by the way, but, um, to those who can, great. Uh, but one of his colleagues up there at Michigan said, if you were to make the, the equivalent of Ted's expertise, 
you know, we were learning how to spell and he was already writing poetry, you know, with numbers. That's how good he was. But he hated the world. He hated everybody. And um, all he wanted to do was save up enough money so he could buy that silly plot of land in Nowheresville, Montana, and build that log cabin and stay there for the rest of his life and mail out bombs to people he didn't like. And he he fulfilled his life's dream. He, that's exactly what he did. He leaves. He gets a big job at the University of California, Berkeley, a professor at the age of 25, very, very unusual, very young, and uh, but he's only there for like a year or so because he just wants enough money to buy that stupid plot of land in Nowheresville, and he does it. Hey, if you want to make, I shouldn't say it's a stupid plot of land. The land had nothing to do with this, but there's a picture of him in 1972 in front of that log cabin. It's the same, very no modifications over the years. Hey, is that Melania? What am I looking at? Melania arrives. At, no, that's not Melania. Is that Melania? Hold on. Hold the freaking phone. Is she there? Is she? There's a Chiron. Melania Trump arrives at court. However, I just saw a woman who looks like Melania, but that was not Melania. That I did not. Uh, I mean, I would love it. Sometimes I, I think she's an amazing uh, person and first lady. I've met her a couple of times. She's uh, very warm, outgoing, smart. I'm impressed with anybody who speaks multiple languages, and uh, and she does. Everybody says she's a great mom to uh, Baron. I think that might have been a false sighting. I don't think that was her, but we will see. It would be nice if she went, because I know some of this stuff she's understandably a little bit, you know, aloof about. I can understand that. Don't necessarily want to go downtown uh, into this melee. But it would, if she did, that would be great. Uh, and some of this stuff, well, I can understand her wanting to keep her distance, but that would be great. I'm told that they have a real, you know, a real relationship, and that's nice. You know who's very close to Donald Trump? Her parents. Uh, the in-laws, I believe they live in Mar-a-Lago or they're, they're very close by. And, um, her father is said to be a really good, close confidant to Donald Trump. I think that might have been a false alarm. We'll see. A lot of MAGA people are outside the courthouse. Everything's fine. As long as, uh, some crazy person doesn't lob a stun grenade into the middle, everything will be fine. All right. Don't overreact. All right. MAGA people are peaceful people and he can, Wave the MAGA flag. You can wear a MAGA hat, and that's your right. Not your right in New York City. If you walk down the street with that MAGA hat, you could be in very serious uh, trouble. Uh, Maria, good morning. I mean, good. Wait a second. Can we turn on? Is that Alina Haba? She's saying something. She's. Uh, let me know when you can break into that. Barbara, what are your thoughts right now? Hi. Barbara? Hey there. Hello, yes. Hi, yes, you're on. Hi. Okay, so many things going on, but you were just talking about Strzok and Page and how arrogant these people are. Well, they've had a little come down, but a lot of people don't know about it. There is a verbatim um, play about FBI lovebirds colon undercovers. That is the exact text being acted out on stage, their texts back and forth to each other as well as their testimony, and it tells quite a damning story and a funny one at the same time because it shows that they are fools, and anyone can watch it online. Just go to FBI Lovebirds Undercovers. Phelan McAleer did it and his wife, Ann McElhaney. 
their names are difficult to remember, but FBI Lovebirds is easy to remember. And it is really eye-opening, plus very entertaining. I'm so glad you told me. FBI Lovebirds, everybody should watch it. I'm going to watch it. I might even have those people on if it's as good as you say. Uh, they'd be great guests. Uh, do we have the Alina Haba? We li- hey, listen, Barbara, i got to go to a, this Alina Haba is speaking real quick. Let's go ahead. Of a leading political opponent is the type of thing you see in dictatorships like Cuba and Venezuela. It is commonplace there for rival candidates to be prosecuted, persecuted, and put into jail. What is being done to the President Trump should terrify all citizens of this country. These are not the ideals that our democracy is founded upon. And this is not our America. Thank you. So what, what's happening right now inside the courthouse? Uh, it, has he been arrested? Has he been... All right, Alina Haba speaking outside the courthouse. Now, Lester, thank you very much. Yeah, she... Uh... She walked off after that. Good statement. Alina Haba, one of the attorneys for President Trump. They're trying to make it hard for the attorneys. You know, they take away their licenses. They try to disbar them. They try to uh, get them to turn against their own client in violation of his rights, our rights, in violation of everything that is America. I'll be right back. Greg Kelly, Greg Kelly. on the Red Apple Podcast Network. You know, when, you, um, when you're full of hate, you make mistakes, anger, and rage. Your judgment, it clouds your judgment. It gets in the way, and they hate Trump so much that it has totally warped their judgment, their rationality, everything, everything. That, and whatever skill they brought to the table, these federal prosecutors, these uh, Democrats, media type, all of them, um, they don't, it's not as what it should be because they're full of hate. They hate the guys so much. You ever think about that when you're really, really angry at something? You can't think straight. That's a phrase. You can't think straight when you're that angry. And um, this is a colossal mistake. And I don't care what any of those phony baloney legal analysts, I don't care if you were an attorney general, I don't care if you're a federal prosecutor or a former federal prosecutor, I'm a person. I'm a citizen, and I read that document, and I know it's full of crap. I have a unique blend of experience, okay? Not that special, but kind of interesting. Whether it's my time in the military, my two years working as a White House correspondent, I've been on Air Force One a dozen times, I've been in the media, I've uh, my father worked for the federal government, he was also the police commissioner, as you know, and a police officer, all these things coming together, all right? I am not... Uh, intimidated or fascinated by classified material. I've handled it myself. I know what the deal is. I also know what it's like when HR wants to get somebody in trouble, all right, and then they start, they're all over your ass trying to get you in trouble for the littlest things. I know what that's like, too. And I can see that this is happening on a grand scale, all of those things, and I see right through it. Because on a much smaller scale, but I've been there, and maybe you have, and maybe you will one day, especially if they get away with this, especially if they pull this off, which they won't, okay? That, I can tell you, this will not work. No way. No, sir. Not happening. Everybody's now, all the breaking news, breaking news, breaking news. Hey, breaking news this. 
Hunter and Joe Biden are on tape accepting bribes. Why wasn't that leaked by the FBI? Why do we have to hear it from uh, a senator on the floor of the United States? Why is it? Why wasn't that leaked to the New York Times? Why isn't that a big deal? Huh? <laughs> Classified documents. All these nitwits, especially Fox. What? You've never seen anything classified? Actually, you haven't. Actually, they haven't. And those who have seen classified material, they're all on the left, and they know what they uh, the executives want to hear. Lots of people out there with clearances. Actually, more than a million people with classified uh, clearances. But they only pick certain ones for the boob tube. Notice that? All right. Greg Kelly on the Red Apple Podcast Network. Uh, all right, so we're probably not going to see Trump until tonight, actually, or until he... Uh, this all is done. He's in the court right now, and some people are saying he's under arrest. He's under arrest. Um, Senator Vance to put hold on DOJ nominees after Trump indictment. I kind of like that. I kind of like that idea. The Department of Justice is totally and completely out of control. Oh, by the way, <laughs> they got about 100,000 people who work there. Only a handful are political appointees, comparatively speaking. You know, somebody's going to be on my show tonight, really great guy, Jeffrey Clark. He had a senior position at the uh, Department of Justice under Trump. He wasn't the attorney general, but he was a fairly high-ranking individual. And he had concerns about election fraud, and everybody was saying, no, there's no election fraud. There's no election fraud. There's no election fraud. How could there be election fraud? No election fraud. And Donald Trump wanted to pursue this stuff, and... They said, we're not going to pursue it or else we will quit. We'll quit. And that's how the deep state operates sometimes. You know, if you have a thousand people quit, it's incredibly hard on an organization. It's incredibly hard on the president. I mean, I think that's the one thing he had to back down from. All right, you're going to quit? A thousand people are going to quit? I th- at one point, he even wanted to make, I think, Jeffrey Clark the attorney general. But there were so many people threatening to quit if that happened. Unelected people threatening to quit? The President of the United States was elected. And nobody contested the 2016 election in a serious way. And he could not appoint the guy he wanted to run the Justice Department. At the moment of truth, the swamp won. And that's a real treacherous thing to do, especially in government. And the media would, you know, oh, the Department of Justice is in crisis tonight. Five people once resigned, and they said, oh, my gosh, five people. People walk out of jobs all the time. A 1,000 people quit the Justice Department. There are 100,000 people there. Nobody would notice. Seriously, nobody would notice. Can you name one Justice Department official? One. Other than Eric Garland or Merrick Garland, whatever his name, can you name any? I can name two. Merrick Garland and Lisa Monaco, who apparently is really, really bad. I guess I can name Jack Smith. As my friend Mark says, if that is his real name, who is a upstate New York uh, native and his wife does documentaries for Michelle Obama and he's prosecuting this case. (laughs) It's all nuts. All of the legal analysts on television stink. They all stink. Andrew McCarthy has always been really wishy-washy, and now he's gone full-blown woke. 
And it doesn't matter what these guys say anyway. It doesn't really matter. But they can't be supportive of Trump because, well, uh, they got a boss over there. His name is Rupert Murdoch. And the Murdochs now hate Trump. DeSantis is dying on the vine. He is a total and complete bust. Everybody knows it. My God, can you can you imagine how mad the billionaires are at him? Why didn't you tell us you had a defective personality? Why didn't you tell us you don't know how to work a room? How how is it that you got became the governor of Florida? You don't know how to work a room? Oh, that's right. Trump endorsed you. <laughs> that yeah. All right. Now I understand. Okay. Yeah. He could take a note. Right. All right. Makes sense now. They're panicking because <laughs> DeSantis is really bad. Some of the people they're warming up to, Ramaswamy, who I like as a vice president, but uh, not ready to be president, let's face it. And I think that just might be it. I don't I don't see anybody with the ability, with the intelligence, with the integrity. Um, no way. Especially... Uh, Chris Christie, who made a spectacle out of himself on that town hall. It's going to be interesting to see how many people watched that, by the way, last night. Um, let's check in with uh, Harold. Hello. Hello. Thank you for taking my call, sir. Uh, I guess I'm a white supremacist and, dark and black face because I'm a black man and I'm a Republican. Huh. Uh, uh, I, I like Donald Trump. I'm going to vote for him again. I knew they were going to throw the kitchen sink at him between now and the election. Anything they can think of, they're going to throw at them. When I do have a little conversation with these Democrats, I always ask them, how could a man who was in office for four years and he was constantly harassed for four years steal anything? Joe Biden's been in office for 50 years, and now they just figured out this guy's a thief? Come on. (laughs) You can't. You can't. 50 years, and now all of a sudden, all all this stuff is coming to light that his family's corrupt. Come on, it's it's not that difficult. And I don't like DeSantis because he's a cream puff. When he sent that plane load of immigrants to Martha Vineyards, he would have showed me some cojones if he'd have kept sending them. Sent one plane load and that was it. I called the White House four and four years ago and I said, Donald Trump, please stop fighting with these liberals. Ship these immigrants to the richest zip codes in America and leave it alone. And you'll see a different attitude. That was your idea? <laughs> that was you got that ball rolling? I, I got no, no. I, I four years ago, sir. I know, four I know. I mean, ago. but you, it was your idea. I mean, you called the White House, and by the way, those calls actually do make a difference. Uh, well, Harold, uh, I love it. And uh, where in Brooklyn are you? Uh, no, I'm in North Carolina. I had to get out of New York. Eric Adams. Eric Adams. I was. Uh, I used to work with Eric Adams, and uh, I knew he was a zero. And now the city. People find out. When you zero. said you worked with him, I mean, did you re- did you know him, or you know, were you just in the police department at the same time? How did you know him? I came in. I came in in July of '84. I think he came in December of '90. I worked with him. I know him. I never heard about the story him getting beaten up in the precinct in Queens. Never heard that till recently. <laughs> and uh, what 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 other, the the knuckleheads he has around him, and I and I won't name him, but he's got nothing but a bunch of incompetence around him. That's why. That lady didn't have a chance. She he only she only got the job because she was black and a female. Only reason why she got the job, which I think was a real disservice to her, because I think she would have been ready for that job later. I mean, there are black women who are actually qualified for these big city jobs, but when you make it all about gender and race, you sometimes you just look past everything else and you find the first gender race appropriate person you can find, and you bypass others who. 
Anyway, it's a real shame. I can't stand identity politics. All right, so you're not in Brooklyn, as my note says here. Where in North Carolina are you? I'm in a little town called Clayton, sir. Well, I used to live down there in North Carolina. I loved it. I was close to the beach, New Bern. And um, I wish you uh, all the best, Harold. Stay in touch, all right? Hey, God bless you, and thank you for taking the call, sir. Thank you, sir. Thank you. Uh, still a lot of people hanging around outside that <laughs> the courthouse. Everything's under control. And uh, four words it's not yet 3 o'clock. I think the, the court proceeding was supposed to start at 3. It's going to be a federal magistrate, which is like a junior judge. It's not quite a full uh, Senate-confirmed judge. It's like a junior judge, a magistrate. Sounds very impressive, but apparently it's not as impressive as being a, a regular judge. Can't believe. Well, I can believe it. Again, the unprecedented stuff. I'm I'm over it. All right, this is not unprecedented. We're not shocked anymore. Um, you know, you 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 jump the shark. As who came up with that phrase? Jump the shark. It's one of those guys on the Howard Stern show. Really interesting people over there in the in the, in the whack pack. Does he still call it the whack pack? Uh, Carmine in New Rochelle. Hello. Greg, good afternoon. Greg, about, I guess, 10 minutes ago, I heard you say, I think, you like Joe Biden or you love Joe Biden. And I understand where you're coming from because I feel sorry for this man. And I'll tell you why. Uh, my ex had a stroke before she was 40. Then she started doing little things that really wasn't the way she used to do them before. And one of the things she used to do that he does, and I hope next time you watch it and see uh, what I'm talking about, when he's caught off guard with the question and he gets a little ruffled and a little angry and his eyes get wide, watch his eyes. They don't show anger. They show a blank look. And evidently that's part of having a stroke. Uh, well, she had a mild stroke. And when he does that, it actually scares me because I don't feel he's co- he's correct mentally. And I've prayed for him. And there's one test that is so simple to see if he really has it. And when I tell you what it is, you're not going to believe me. Uh, when my ex was in the doctor's office, they told her to stand up, stretch your arms out. And the doctor, the neurologist, excuse me, Greg, the neurologist said, use whatever hand you feel comfortable with. Oh, and he told her to close her eyes. I'm sorry. And he said, and touch your nose with your index finger. And she couldn't do it. And I'm convinced if somebody ever asked this president to do the same test, he would miss and then if that did, ever did happen, not that it's going to, he has to resign, Greg. Hold on a second. I'm doing the test. Standing up. Arms out, right? Yes. Index finger. But, close your, but Greg, close, close your eyes. Close my eyes and the index finger, right? No, I bet you do it. Oh, geez. Here we go. Hold on. That was easy. It's no big deal. Now, somebody who's had a stroke. Can't do that? There's residual. What about the cognitive test when they give them a list of things, you know, like camera, horse, pony, yes, hockey they, they stick? Did her, they, they did that to her, too. But the one thing he wanted us to know, that she was not 100% and she couldn't go back to work. He couldn't authorize her going back to work. And when she stood up to touch her nose, something we take for granted, 
evidently it's a telltale sign yeah. that there's something not correct. Hey, did you say paper. did you say this was your ex-wife? Yes. So after all this trouble she's in, you divorce her? Well, the I'm, story, I'm sorry, Carmine. Right? I don't mean to. I'm sorry. I'm, I'm sorry. I take that. You know, I, 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 I thought I misheard. So you got a divorce after this. Yes, but next time he gets flustered, please watch his eyes, Greg. Yeah, it's not it's not normal. He doesn't show anger in his well, eyes. Well, I mean, I mean, look, it's a blankness. Yeah, nothing's normal about him. I nothing's normal. I've seen him get angry before. I mean, I've seen you know, it's not. But I know what you mean. He's got this. Watch my show tonight at ten o'clock. I got these. Uh, I know the look you're talking about, and I'll show that. But I definitely seen him angry before, and he conveys anger. It's not just, uh, but it's interesting. I think you're onto something, Carmine. Sorry about my little crack there. Uh, good stuff. Stay in touch, and I'll be right back. Greg Kelly, Greg Kelly. on the Red Apple Podcast Network. Uh, don't forget tonight there will be a big speech right after this plea. He's going up to uh, goes to the airport, gets on that beautiful Trump Force One, great big seven fifty seven, I believe seven fifty seven seven sixty seven. Flies it up here and goes to Bedminster, and there will be a big speech just like when he was arrested in that stupid uh, Alvin Bragg case. Nobody remembers that. Nobody as big as this seems, no one's going to remember it. It's all going to fade away. When you do the desperate things, you start making mistakes, and that's what the administration is doing. This is a desperate and silly. So I look forward to the speech tonight. Uh, gosh, it's like he's president. You know, he has the, he has all the tools, all the, uh, accoutrements, if you will, of a sitting president of the United States. It's one of the reasons why he was, quite frankly, very good at the job. Um, he was used to it. Bill Clinton got there. I can't believe this. I got my own plane. <laughs> wow. I mean, all we had was a propeller. Oh, man, I didn't have this in Arkansas. This is great. I'm the biggest guy in the universe. Trump knew what it was like to be a big deal for 40 freaking years. All right? They were writing profiles of him in the New York Times in 1975. Uh, they were asking him if he wanted to be president, not could he be president, but do you want to be president before he was even old enough to be president? You should look it up on YouTube. It's a really interesting conversation with Rona Barrett. He has in like 1980, I think, 1980. He's 34 years old. And it's like, would you want to be president, Mr. Trump? No, Rona, I really don't think so. But uh, because you need a guy who is uh, very smart. And right now, all they seem to elect are people with big smiles and no great brain. And it's so fascinating. He's talking about Joe Biden, right? Big smile and no great brain uh no brain possibly so that speech should be big tonight i will be going through uh, uh hey i pointed out that thing with the boxes i that that went like mega viral last night so i sh- i just took an ordinary box you know people move people know what it's like to move and they have boxes and they stack the boxes up in storage sometimes in the basement sometimes here sometimes there People forget that he was moving, all right? He lived in the White House for four years, and then he moves back to his uh, Mar-a-Lago, and uh, so there are some boxes around. So what? This is all about classified documents. I counted the classified documents in the indictment, 102. I said, hmm, that's interesting, because they showed us 400 boxes. Now, 400 boxes, they couldn't all. How many, how many documents can you fit in one box? You could probably fit about 3,000 pages in a box, actually. You know those things you buy from Staples? 
the reams of paper for the printer, they usually come in stacks of 500. I put one in the box. I'm like, wow, a stack of 500 pages is like an inch and a half. And this thing is like 12 inches. So I, I put it in a box and I show that the most of the box is empty. It's one freaking box. And everybody went bananas with this. It's all over Mediaite and elsewhere and conservative and business review and some paper in China routed up with my big picture there holding a box with some paper in it, but the box is mostly empty. I love it. I love it. And it's right there in the indictment. Anybody can figure this stuff out. And the other thing, I, I emphasized this last night, you know, Charlie Manson, they respect the attorney-client privilege of Charlie Manson and his lawyer, but they don't respect it for Donald Trump. Jeffrey Dahmer and his lawyer, attorney-client privilege, but not for Trump. Um, Alex Murdoff, that weirdo guy in South Carolina who, with the boating accident, I don't know what the hell happened there, and the chickens and the dogs, and he apparently killed his wife and son. Attorney-client privilege Totally respected, right? And it goes on like this. But Trump, no. And they make it hard for the lawyers, very, very hard for their, uh, for them to do their work. And they're trying to so toxify Trump. You think that everybody, you know, is entitled to a lawyer and there's, there's a legal community. There's a legal profession. And it's like a, it's a tighter group than I thought. And they want to scare off the good lawyers from having anything to do with Trump. And that's something to keep an eye on as well. I got to go across the street in a moment to uh, get the the show ready. And uh, oh gosh, here's here's this dummy again. I'm sorry, Brett. Oh, you had the documents, and really, there's no good reason for him to have those documents. Um, if you listen to uh, Levin, oh by the way, Mark Levin, it's awesome. He's on WABC every night. Does such a great job. And he's a lawyer, and I say for a lot of this stuff, you don't have to be a lawyer, but, you know, for some of it, it's really helpful to be a lawyer with his experience and the way he's been explaining the Presidential Records Act. It's it's pretty awesome. It's really awesome. Uh, Maria in Short Hills, yes. Hi, Greg. Just a very short comment. Even after seven years of being persecuted by the left, the left still doesn't get it in their pea brain heads that what they're doing to him this afternoon – what they're doing to President Trump, this nonsense in Miami, only makes him stronger. They still don't realize that they're dealing with a totally different type of person. He will be stronger. The MAGA movement will be stronger. And I would love to see his new poll numbers after this. I agree with you. And I've gotten a glimpse at some of them up three points, still beating Joe Biden and 40 points ahead of DeSantis, and there are more polls like that. Maria, great points. Ellie in Mineola, welcome back. Hi. Hi, Greg. Real quick, um, the Unabomber, you were mentioning earlier that he's a math major. So, so well, not all of us are really crazy, but I was a double major with math and computer science. Um, the math is just fun. He may, I mean, he's got, I'm sure he's got his issues, but it's probably not the math. It's just problem solving is just exciting and it's like hacking. It's just a lot of fun. Well, I mean, look, I, I think I said more power to you if you're a math person. I'm not a math person, and obviously that's not the root of his problems. He was really, really good at math, and unfortunately sometimes when you're really, really good at something, I mean super-duper gifted good, you stink at other things, right? That's absolutely. Yeah, absolutely right. And real quick, too, I, I'm so happy that you're uh, kind of pro-Julian uh, Assange. I think we have to start looking at all the people that we were lied to about all of them. We were lied to about everybody. So when he when he finally gets extradited to the U.S., when Gar- Merrick Garland is put away and we have a real DOJ, 
we're going to get a lot of juicy, interesting stories, including Seth Rich. Um, it should be interesting. Yeah, no, totally agree. You're right. I've had to revisit and reevaluate, and I need to learn more um, on Snowden and Julian Assange. And thank you for noticing. Uh, absolutely. I, unlike my um, uh, the people on the left, have an open mind. i got to do two more real quick. Bill, hi. Hey, Greg, uh, Bill from Comac here. Hey, you uh, mentioned something before about not being able to find good conservative websites, things like that. Wattfinger.com. All right. No, wait a second. I did not say that. I did not say that. I said that there are too many and they're disparate. I mean, what's the name of this website? Uh, Wattfinger.com. Wattfinger.com. I mean, all right. I'm sure it's great, but the problem is we don't have a – look, they've got the New York Times, all right? The liberals have the New York Times. What do we have? The Wall Street Journal, they're holding their nose half the time because it's Trump. So I will look at whatfinger.com. Are you serious? Whatfinger? It's not a porno site, right? No, it's thumbs up or thumbs down on new breaking news and commentary. It's the conservative answer to the Drudge Report. All right. Yeah, I know. Drudge Drudge went totally crazy and woke. Hey, Robert, Bob, Rachel, and the rest, I'm sorry. We'll talk tomorrow. I'll see you tonight on Newsmax at 10.